Welcome to Room 106. I'm John Gagan from Planning Magazine. Every week we enter Room 106, the forbidding space into which all new planning information is dumped and extract the key things you need to know. In this bonus edition, we'll be previewing the big policy and legal changes affecting the planning sector that are due this year. But before I enter Room 106, my colleague Alex King is going to tell us about the key news stories from the past seven days. Hello, Alex. Hello, John. So, Alex, what's been happening in the past week? First up, Housing Secretary Michael Gove will this week propose a change to national planning policy to apply a presumption in favour of sustainable development to planning applications on brownfield land in the 20 largest cities and confirm the further deregulation of office-to-residential permitted development rules. Elsewhere, the government's long-awaited biodiversity net gain regulations have finally come into force, meaning developers will be required to deliver at least a 10% benefit for nature on major schemes. But legal experts have warned of teething issues and initial planning delays. Meanwhile, the government has published commencement regulations for the Leveling Up and Regeneration Act, to progress the implementation of a number of the Act's planning provisions, including the National Development Management Policies and Street Vote Development Orders. In other news, the Housing Secretary Michael Gove has approved controversial plans that were called in 18 months ago or for the office-led redevelopment of the former ITV studios on London South Bank, after finding that the scheme's public benefits outweighed the harm to nearby heritage. Elsewhere, a damning report by government watchdog Audit Wales into Wrexham County Borough Council's planning service has raised serious concerns about the caseload of planning officers, warned of fractured relationships between some members and officers, and found that professional officer advice was, quote-unquote, frequently undermined. Meanwhile, Birmingham City Council has approved the demolition of the Ringway Centre in Birmingham City Centre, to make way for a 1,600-home triple-tower scheme up to 56 storeys high. Despite a legal threat to the decision and officers' warning of high-level harm to a nearby listed hospital. And finally, leading planning barrister Charles Banner KC of Keating Chambers has been appointed by the government to the House of Lords as a Conservative life peer. Thank you very much, Alex. So at the time of recording, it sounds like we're going to have another big national policy change being announced this week, um, which I'm sure we'll be following up in future episodes. Of course, more details on each of these stories can be found on planningresource.co.uk. Okay, so now's the time to enter Room 106 for our deep dive. Alex, I'm going to spare you the ordeal this week, so speak to you soon. See you later. Well, here I am back in room 106. I'm making my way over to the section filled with proposed new policy and legal changes that are due this year. And there's a lot of it. I believe our special correspondent, Joey Gardner, is somewhere here in the darkness. I'll just try and find him. Ah, hello, Joey. Hi, John. How are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. You've been doing lots of work on the planning policy and legislative changes that are due this year. What are the main things we can expect? Well, we've got lots and lots coming up in the year ahead, but I think probably the top three things that I'd pull out for our 
our listeners that struck me as uh, probably of most import to local authorities up and down the land is a further review of the national planning policy framework. Yep, that's another review of the national planning policy framework just after we finished the last one. The first sweep of national development management policies due to be and consulted on and potentially actually come into force and changes to the local plan making system to enable completion of local plans within 30 months. So let's start with the this further review of the MPPF. And as you said, we've only just had one. So our listeners will still be getting their heads around that. So um, I'm sure people will be a bit anxious about another one coming along so soon. What can we expect it to include? In a way, it's more of a question of what this one won't include. You may have thought that the recent MPPF changes were significant. Well, I think in comparison, they will, I think, feel like compared to what will now come forward, what happened last year was was really a series of relatively minor tweaks to the existing system. Whereas what we're going to have coming forward at some point this year is that this new MPPF is designed really to be the policy foundation for the new planning system that's being brought forward by the Leveling Up and Regeneration Act. So really, this is an end-to-end review of national planning policy or a full system review, which was how Joanne Avery, the government's chief planner, described it before Christmas at at a conference. And so within that, I think the most obvious changes will be likely in how it adapts itself to deal with the suite of national development management policies that will come forward, which will mean that lots of those specific day-to-day planning policy issues that crop up will be actually taken out of the MPPF and put into uh, national development management policies. The idea is that national policy will be split so that the MPPF is left covering the core principles of the planning system, whereas day-to-day specific issues are put into NDMPs, and we'll go on to those in a second. However, in addition to that broad principle, the government has also indicated that this year's review will cover a host of specific issues as well, and it set these out before Christmas in its response to the MPPF consultation. Those include prioritising social rented housing. I'm just going to list a few of them. Definition of affordable housing for rent, prioritising community-led housing, promoting small-scale nature interventions, climate change adaption and flood risk, promoting safety for women and girls, prioritising free ports, prioritising electric vehicle charging points. I mean, there's kind of lots and lots of different things that this review will cover in addition to just this broad scale reshaping of how national policy will work. It sounds that like that's going to be a you know, complete rewrite of the MPPF. Would that be accurate to say? Or? That's certainly the sense that we're being given. And um, the government hasn't said exactly when this will happen yet. But I know from talking to people within the sector that officials have already been working on this. They were working on it last year in tandem with the the reviews effectively to the existing system that were being brought forward last year. 
so obviously a major review like this you know doesn't come forward overnight but we don't know exactly when it is going to come forward Ian Fletcher of the British Property Federation told us it was something that he he was being given reason to expect would come forward in the second quarter of this year and certainly it has the feel of something that the government is going to want to get out the door before the election is called if if it possibly can right so second quarter of this year we'll be looking at sort of spring time really early summer that's one view that we've picked up from the sector but there's no absolute certainty at this point and certainly the the government's official line is just in due course it's not setting a set deadline at this point okay but as you say you, you think they'd want it out before the general election given that if labor come in then they're going to do their own rewrite of it potentially it's a key part of enabling the system that has been created by the Leveling Up and Regeneration Act. And to an extent, the Act remains uh, somewhat unfinished business if you haven't done this rewrite. So you would feel that they would want to get this cleared and in place before the general election, at which you know most predictions are that there could be a change of government. These national development management policies... Um... Can you say what they are and and what's what's the next stage in their rollout? National development management policies, I mean, clearly I, I've already talked about them. They're the flip side of this um, MPPF reform. So this is a suite of individual policies, uh, I guess, designed to kind of take on the, the heavy lifting in terms of policy on specific planning considerations that apply regularly in decision-making across England. So examples that have been given by government and officials have been things like heritage policy or building on the green belt or building in flood risk areas. The statutory position of national development management policies, which are referred to as NDMPs, has been put into law by the, again, by the Leveling Up and Regeneration Act. This legislation gives them the same weight effectively in law and in decision making therefore as local plans but it means that where they conflict where where an NDMP policy conflicts with a local plan policy the NDMP would take precedent so they're set to become very very important and weighty documents uh, and policies in the planning system indeed the government has committed to a further consultation on the content of NDMPs before they're brought in. And it's said before Christmas that it plans to, at the very least, use existing development management policy as the starting point for its first suite of NDMPs. I know these have been quite controversial, given that they're going to, as you say, where they conflict with the local plan, they would have the power to override that. And there's been concerns about this. Some people describing it as a centralisation of local planning policy. Has the government indicated when yeah, we're going to get this consultation? It's really the same position as the MPPF reform. It's not clear. The department's official line, again, is in due course. Commentators that I spoke to about this were kind of split between those that were op- optimistic that the government was, by and large, ready with what it wanted to say on NDMPs and actually was potentially able to come out quite quickly with this consultation, whereas others, for example, Hugh Ellis from the Town and Country Planning Association, he said he'd been given to understand that 
there was no way this was going to be ready before the summer. And, you know, and therefore you've got to think there's a risk that this won't be out, even the consultation on it won't be out before an, an election might be called. So this is a major plank of the government's planning reforms that could very easily not be even consulted upon, let alone be in place before before an election is called. Is it clear at the moment whether they're planning to do this consult on the NMDPSs at the same time as the um, shake-up of the MPPF? What, whether they would put the two consultations out together at the same time? Yeah, yeah, because it seems like the, the two things are kind of working in sync slightly. That hasn't been said. I mean, it would to any rational person, that would seem to make the most sense. But, you know, history suggests that what appears from the outside to be the most rational course of events isn't always what happens. So I think we can only just wait and see on that. Okay, so moving on to changes to local plan making. Uh, And again, this is another pretty seismic change, given some of the proposals. Just say a bit more about what we know about the government's intentions. Again, this is another reform that's been brought in under the Leveling Up and Regeneration Act and effectively now needs to be enabled or or the regulations brought forward in this particular case for it to be enacted. So the Leveling Up Act paves the way for a whole new system of local plan creation effectively designed to be slightly lighter touch to enable local plans to be completed within a 30-month time scale. The government said last year it wanted to bring in all the regulatory changes by this autumn necessary from when the new system is brought in, be a six-stage system for local plan preparation with three mandatory gateway checks, each of which involve inspectors reviewing local plans. And there was a consultation on this last summer, I think. So is the government given any indication as to when we might see a consultation response? Yes, as I said, the government did say last year that it wanted to bring in all the regulatory changes necessary to bring in these reforms by this autumn, if possible. And industry figures seem to believe that the government wants to press ahead pretty quickly with these reforms. The government confirmed this position again in December, and it promised to have, quotes, regulation, policy and guidance in place by autumn 2024 for the new system. So that is the government's current position. However, just as a a logical point, it does seem that local authorities need to know the direction of travel on the MPPF and on national development management policies if they are to actually embark upon creating new style local plans. So in some ways, getting the regulations in place, it feels like it it might also be contingent on the government having already made progress in those other areas first, because it kind of feels like it stands to reason that there's little point in bringing in the regulations to allow new style local plans to happen if you don't have the policies on which local government is able to base those new style plans because they simply, you know, not really can be able to know how to create them. Yeah, so these things are all quite contingent on each other. They're contingent and interdependent, really. So it feels like they all need to happen or not at all, really. Right. 
So perhaps they'll be, they'll be launched in a big bang altogether. Very possibly. Okay. So are there any other important proposed changes that have been penciled in beyond 2024? Well, a key one is the long-awaited reform to the system of environmental assessment to the planning system, which appears to have been pushed back. The government has been talking about reforms to environmental impact assessment and strategic environmental assessments all the way since the time of the planning for the future white paper back in 2020. And given that that system was derived from European Union directives, it had been talking up this reform as a, as a key kind of Brexit benefit. So it legislated to replace environmental impact assessments and strategic environmental assessments, which you know people call EIAs and SEAs, in the Leveling Up and Regeneration Act. And the legislation is to replace them with a system called Environmental Outcome Reports, or EORs. And it consulted on how EORs were going to work last year. The idea of EORs being that they focus less on bureaucratic process and more on the environmental outcome that is to be achieved. However, despite last year's consultation, it really feels like few in the sector seem that much closer to understanding exactly how they're going to work. And now, as part of this piece that we've done, the government confirmed to planning that the regulations underpinning EORs are not now going to come forward until 2025 at the earliest. So that's sometime later than I think people were expecting. Sounds like there's been a bit of a delay with that. Another, of course, very important change to the planning system there. And finally, are there any other changes that our listeners should be looking out for this year? Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's quite a lot of other changes in there that we, have, we haven't had time to mention yet. There's extensions to permitted development rights for which the government has multiple proposals in train, including consultation from July last year in which it proposed extending rights to convert business properties to homes. It wants to extend those to more premises and into national parks and areas of outstanding natural beauty, even though it hasn't yet responded to its own consultation on that and said how it wants to take that forward. It's already announced its intention to launch another wave of permitted development expansion with homeowners to be given the right to convert houses into flats and more permitted development rights for heat pumps as well. So both of those things are further policy areas we're going to expect more on this year. We've got a review of the London plan where Michael Gove is accuse London Mayor Sadiq Khan of failing to deliver homes that Londoners need. And he's now currently, as far as we know, considering a report he commissioned before Christmas on the suitability of the London plan and has warned he will intervene should he deem it necessary. There's also a whole load of changes to the nationally significant infrastructure projects regime and revisions to national policy statements on infrastructure. This kind of reform process in the NSIP area rolls ever onward, it it seems. And I suppose in in a way, it's one part of the planning system that looks relatively functional because there are proposals and rationales and timeframes and, you know, everyone's working towards a goal to reform things. The NSIP reforms which are in train include new powers for the inspectorate, fast-track examinations for projects that meet certain criteria, 
and powers for statutory consultees to seek cost recovery on the work that they do on project applications. And at the same time, the government says it remains on course to update most of its vital national policy statements, which are the the policy documents against which big decisions are made by March this year. So lots and lots of action uh, happening in the um, NSEP big infrastructure project space as well. Okay, thanks very much, Joey. That's a really useful summary of the year ahead. And, uh, you know, it looks like another very busy year for um, planning professionals on the um, policy and legislation front. And I'm sure people in the sector are hoping there's not too much change given everything that's just happened, right? Well, it may be somewhat of a vain hope, I think. These ones that I've outlined for you are just, to some extent, the tip of the iceberg. There's lots more going on that I haven't mentioned. There's the infrastructure levy, which still grinds on, even though you know some people are wondering whether that's ever going to come to fruition. There's street votes. There's a promised consultation on the use of extension of time agreements. I mean, there's there's so much more. And that's let alone the fact that we're expecting a general election this year and we may well get a government with a whole new planning agenda wanting to bring forward a whole new set of reforms and potentially make a load of decisions on whether it wants to implement or not the reforms from the existing government which are already in train. So I think hoping for a quiet life is probably a slightly vain uh, (laughs) time spent, really. Yeah, as you say, it's almost head spinning, isn't it, the amount of stuff that's going on? It certainly is. And I've I've heard lots of pleas for for just a bit of quiet, for time (laughs) to allow actually the system that we have to bed in for people to understand what the reforms are, how they're going to work, what the timeframes are, so that they can actually just focus on doing it without just wondering what the next change is going to be before they've actually even implemented or or even really had time to analyse what the impact of the last one was. Yeah, and as you say, we've just um, highlighted some of the uh, some of the main changes here. For more information on all these and news of additional changes, please check out Joey's article on Planning Resource for more details. It's called The Key Policy and Legislation Changes to Expect in 2024, and it's definitely worth a read. Joey, that's been really great. Thank you so much. I'm afraid I'm going to have to leave you in Room 106 now. I'm feeling rather overwhelmed by all the new policy and legal measures and proposals. So long. Thanks, John. See you soon. Okay, that's another visit to Room 106 wraps up this week. We'll be back next week, as usual, to take a closer look at the biggest planning stories. In the meantime, don't forget to listen and follow us wherever you normally get your podcasts. And to get a daily bulletin of planning news, plus weekly analysis and specialist bulletins, subscribe at planningresource.co.uk. If you haven't already, don't forget to enter the planning awards to give yourself and your team the opportunity to get the recognition that all your hard work deserves. The deadline is 29th of February. Our thanks to producer Inga Marsden from Haymarket Business Media and Daisy Chaku from Rethink. And thank you for listening. See you next week.